Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex. I'm Shelly and I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, Mr. Serge Boudreaux. Serge, it's, uh, it's starting to get a little cooler here in our part of the world. It's definitely fall. How um, are you doing? And, uh, I, I'm doing great. It's definitely fall is on the way. I just uh, yeah. walked uh, my five-year-old to kindergarten this no. morning. And it was definitely sweater wetter. Oh my gosh. Mallory's first day? No, second day. Second day. So, so tell uh, me how excited was she? Well, the first day was extremely <laughs> exciting. Uh, and it was really, it was funny to see because so everything's outside. Um, mm-hmm. And basically you get there and all the parents were all wearing our mask and they're wearing their little mask as well. Then yeah. the teachers come out, then you send them off to where the teacher and they have like a little corner outside where they all gather. And Mallory was extremely excited. Um, like from the, like the night before she said it was more exciting than when we went to <laughs> Disney World. So oh, no. So she went, she's a very social oh, kid, like uh, she it. takes yeah. it from her dad, I think, of in course. that sense. And, uh, but it, then all the other kids, I was looking at them and um, they were all like crying and uh, so I'm like, oh. And then, so then they're all together and she sees all the other kids crying. She comes running to me and she's like, daddy, I'm going to miss you so much. Talk about like, <laughs> like just like tugging at your heart um yes. and i, I think oh, she got influenced beautiful. by the other kids but yeah. today um she was extremely excited and today was the full class because they did half and half the first couple yeah. of days yeah. yeah so now she saw all her classmates and i i just asked her like um who her friends were and uh she was able to to name a couple which is not her strong suit so how about you are you like so I guess your kids are oh, all yeah. So like- so today today is a real uh, monumental day. Um, my um, middle son Parker, twenty two, um, still in university, uh, but he moved out to be on his own. So Ooh. I was like, "Be free, little birdie." I think the greatest <laughs> compliment of your parenting is that your kids are ready for the world, and yeah. he's. So ready for the world. If anything, he should have done this his first year of university. But, you know, he was, uh, you know, very, he's very, very good with money. So he worked super hard this summer, saved uh, a whole bunch of money, and he'll be just fine. He'll be just fine. So it's a big day here at my house because he's packing up his stuff and going, but I'm so excited for him, you know? Like, you'll never forget that first experience of being out on your own, right? So, oh yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's definitely a big deal. It's funny because uh, I know we've talked about this before, but uh, I was watching something yesterday, and um, the person was saying, "If you are not capable of living by yourself and taking care of yourself fully by 22, uh, you're in trouble." Uh, and it, it made a lot of sense because basically what you're showing is you're incapable of of taking care of yourself. And, and I know generations have changed and everything and parents, it's it's a completely different world, but I'm happy for him because he's going to see what the real world is and yeah. that you'll see he'll grow uh, 
in in ways that I you know. never imagined. So exciting, but let's yeah. uh yeah. So let's let's uh, dive into today's episode. Um you know, something I wanted to talk about as we're talking about our home life because you know, being able to work from home successfully and the reality of it um, you know, from my perspective, uh, l- just let me toss this out there, Serge. From my perspective, I'm looking at this is how it's going to be for the next five years. And I am starting to manage myself accordingly. So, I mean, that's, that's where I sit. But, you know, for the future of work, I mean, I'm listening to so many different sources and so many different people about, you know, their predictions about work from home. But, do you know what I wanted to do in this episode was get your perspective because you are someone who I know has done this successfully for many years. Um, and the other thing I want to talk about on this episode is just recruiters looking for work. Um, Cause I know you and I have both had um, some very recent experience of recruiters. Um, and because that's why we started the show was to elevate the profession of recruiting. So we got to give back to our peeps. So I just want to touch on that in this episode. So cool. Yeah, this works perfectly. I think it's a really good, like, I really want this episode to be focused on, on helping recruiters in, to your point, a lot of us are adjusting and it's like now four or five months of working from home. Mm -hmm. And obviously the economy has picked up in some areas, but unfortunately I always say it and it's, it's not my favorite thing is recruiters are kind of canary in the coal mine when it comes to whole industry. Unfortunately, uh, sometimes the first ones to get laid off to base, because if you're not hiring, they look at that department. So right now there is so many great recruiters that don't have a role. Uh, and I was talking to one yesterday and this is a very senior leader and like, she is amazing. And, uh, she got laid off during COVID as well. And obviously there's not as many roles posted. So let's talk about strategy yeah. and how you get to the For market sure. and, and what you look at. So, yeah. Cause I but do you want to start from work from yeah. home? You know what? I, that's what I want to start with Serge, because you know, I, I know I, I am constantly amazed when I think of everything you have going on in your life, yet for the last, what, I think you said 15 years, you have been working from home. So what is it about you that makes you well-suited to work from home? I don't know if I'm well-suited. So that's, it's kind of, we're all creatures of adaptation in some ways, uh, instead of, uh, so I've, most of my initial work from home experience was working for large companies in Toronto, wanting to open up a market in Western Canada. Okay. I was one of the only employees that was remote. The rest of the company was working from our headquarters. And I can tell you that was a challenge. Um, the biggest challenge that I had, and I think right now is actually a lot easier because everyone's working from home, is right. being in sometimes like three-hour meetings, uh, say management meetings, and you're the only one on Zoom or on Skype or wow. WebEx was extremely painful because you miss a lot of the key points. They forget about you. You have to, you're trying to interject a point and it's just awkward. Uh, so I've adapted in that way. Uh, but now I, I actually am enjoying quite a bit more because mm-hmm. our whole company that I'm working currently is working from home. So everyone's on the exact same yeah. level playing. Field, very, very so. different. So, so tell a me- couple of points. So, yeah, yeah. Shelley, a couple of points that I think is 
So let's talk about the key things when working from home. And I, I tell this okay. to everyone that's starting is um, create a routine. I, I think that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing mm-hmm. and create some time, get out of your office, get out of like, I work out of my basement right now. I've set up an office here. Yeah. Um, I need to go out, take a walk, uh, have not eat lunch at, at my desk, actually go and eat lunch with my family or if um, they're not there, just we're in the mm-hmm. kitchen. I think those are key things. Um, Cause do you get up at the same time every day? I do. I yeah. have a very consistent you know? schedule. How about, how, how about you? So, have you, yes. how have you set your schedule? Absolutely. So do you know, I think, um, uh, what I've found certainly, and I've done the work from home now for five, it's actually, do you know what? Finishing up six years that go. I've worked from home. Um, and it is so important to have a routine. Oh my God. And getting up at the same time every day, it is simple little things like that, that help. But take me back though, to when you were corporate. Um, and there's gotta be something though, Serge, that, that, Here's what I'm thinking. Here's my impression is that you are um, so self-disciplined that you're not easily distracted. That's a characteristic that makes you ideal work from home. Would you agree? I don't know if I'm disciplined. Um, I, I'd like to think so, but uh, I won't give myself that accolade in a sense. So I think Discipline is key. And I, I always like one of my favorite books is, is Jocko Will. I don't even know his last name. It's discipline equals freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you discipline yourself and you do the right things, uh, it actually brings a lot to you in the future. Uh, but I think discipline is one of the key. But let's say discipline. Like I think routine is more routine creates discipline, if that makes any sense. I agree. So if you, I agree. If you get up at the same time, uh, you set your schedule and obviously that's going to change. You're going to have in meetings in different time. You're going to have different situations. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, is routine. And the other thing, and I don't know how you feel about this is setting yourself up really well in a sense, making sure you have all the right equipment. Like for me, I have three uh, monitors. <laughs> I, I, have I was the- just going to ask you about that because I know, um, I've done the same thing recently, but I was copying you because I knew uh, you're kind of, you're used to working from home. I always had another office that I would go to, like I would drop Brooke at school and then I would go to an actual physical office, right? Uh, but now, as I say, like this work from home, I'm not going to rent another office. I'm going to do this from the house. Um, so I saw what you were doing and started following suit, right? Making sure I've got a great chair, making sure I've got a good desk, making sure I have, um, I've only got one monitor, not three. Um, that'll change because I actually have two more, but I just need, uh, probably the tech squad (laughs) to come help me figure out how to, all you need is, is is the dongles to attach it. Like you have a dongles are a little more dungly than, than you think, you know, like, so I can think of better things to do with my time (laughs) than dangle around. Um, but so you're right, you know, being set up. So let me ask you this search. Um, now the company you're with right now, maybe when you first started, you were optional, either office or home. Is that right? 
Okay. So, yes. but the company you're with just before that, that was Indeed, right? No, no that sorry, was Burnco. Burnco. So let's go back to your time when you were with Indeed, because you were truly here to establish Indeed's presence in Western Canada. Full stop. That was your job. Um, so did they, because they said it's a work from home, what was it their responsibility to provide you with, you know, the proper setup? And, and how did they handle that? You know, I'm well, thinking, should the company be paying for your office chair, your part of your, if you need a stable internet connection, hey, there's a premium for that. Well, it's interesting because every country has different uh, rules as well. What's about Canada, you can get your T2200, which if everyone listening should request it from their company because with your T2200, you can allocate some space, you get tax savings, uh, anything you purchase for your office is set up. But I'll tell you this about Indeed. Uh, Indeed set up their home work from home employees tremendously well. Okay. So to give you an idea, they like they would give us money at all particular times to go buy a new chair, buy whatever we needed. Uh, it was always provided. I needed a printer. I needed a monitor. They set me up. They had different setups. What was really cool about it too, and they did this because they they had complaints from some employees that work from home that they find a because when you worked in the Indeed office, you had free lunches. You had this like mm. amazing snack uh, area, which I can't even describe it. Like the fridge was like. 10 fridges of anything you'd ever want to drink, including beer and like Gatorades or, or whatever you, you like. So working from home, you didn't have that. So what they started doing is every month they started sending a care package Come of on. all these oh snacks that they would have Seriously? in the office and also a gift certificate to go um, like to order food. Like it was amazing. And not every company does that. No. And I, I don't know, like companies are, so right now, it's really interesting because the real estate market is going, like it's a trillion dollar business office retail spaces. And mm -hmm. a lot of companies have realized that you can be as efficient, if not way more efficient by not having an office. So you can save tons of money. The flip side to it is not all companies have taken that in consideration and are yeah. setting up their employees correctly from home, having the employee Burn, uh, bear the cost of all their equipment that they need. Uh, generally, they'll provide you with a laptop and everything, but right. not a lot of companies that I'm hearing, and I don't know if you're hearing differently, are providing like a new desk or a new, like a chair or whatever you need. I, what have you heard? Well, and that's why I wanted you to talk about your experience with Indeed, because I think um, I'm hearing just the opposite. And I'm seeing just the opposite. And the reason I wanted to do this episode, I, just a, a personal story. So a friend of mine, um, she's uh, involved in, in booking courtroom time. That's what she does. So she's part of the provincial government. And so they, they are mandated to work from home. So I pop over to her place. I was dropping something off and I peek into her front room. Do you know how she was set up, Serge? This is a government employee. She is mandated to work from home. And she has got three monitors. Oh, yes, she does, because she, was, she had to arrange to go back to the office to get monitors. But she needs three for her job. She's got them set up on fucking TV trays. <laughs> TV trays. TV trays in her living room. 
And she's got a kitchen chair, not an office chair, a kitchen chair and a laptop where the, and, and the intensity of what she must do is coordinate judges and lawyers and court time and cases. So, and she's doing it off a laptop and then these three screens. And I was like, oh my God, do you know, I'm thinking, um, I was horrified. I yeah, was no, absolutely I... horrified. And she, and so she also shared with me how, um, and she was kind of saying, I was asking her how work was going and that sort of thing. And she said, oh, I had a really close call, you know, on Friday. So they monitor their employees by them being available in this little chat screen. And so she was, um, she, her, I think she decided to take her lunch from two to three. And the reason she was taking lunch from two to three, Serge, if you can believe this, her uh, brother-in-law is dying of cancer. And from two to three, her sister needed her to come and just be with him so she could go get groceries. This is what this woman is dealing with in her life, okay? Over and above trying to work from home. Um, She said, I was so scared because it took an extra 15 minutes for me to get back from my sister's place. And I saw that they were, she said, I had such a panic. She said, like, I was having heart palpitations because I knew they'd be checking. 15 minutes, Serge. I'm like, holy cow. So that's what I think. That's what I'm now. And so as I'm kind of asking around, too, of what other, how other people are handling it, because, you know, if that would be an okay setup for the first, eh, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks. But six months in, and they've done nothing to support their staff. Well, so oh a lot God. of com- a lot of companies were not ready or not even in concept. And I talked about this at Innovate Works, where uh, think about who is in the leadership chairs. And we've talked about this before in this podcast. Yeah. It's generally people that are coming from a generation that if you're not at your desk working, you're not working. Um, so we see situations of companies having like zoom on all day or checking if your like microsoft teams uh thing is uh, the last time you were active uh that is absolutely like that's bullshit like it's companies that are doing that are not going to survive in this new environment so we can argue about the fact of should you work are you more productive work from home or the office i think you're more productive working from home but there is benefits of working in office and and having that social and 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 just there is there is benefits. Let's not deny for that. Sure, but there's sure. also it's a different landscape for finding people as well. Uh, and there's many benefits of opening up your whole recruitment to anywhere. And I'm talking about more mm-hmm. white collar jobs and everything. But if I can find an exceptional. Um, say recruiter that is based in Edson, Alberta, which is in the middle of nowhere, but he can do and execute <laughs> all the same. Uh, I know, I'm going right? to hire him. And it gives what him the benefit yeah, of yeah, yeah. this person might be the most qualified person ever, but mm-hmm. because they want to live in their hometown or whatever the case is, yeah. they end up working in a convenience store or something like that because there's no options for jobs. And we're, we're really not taking advantage of this talent mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. could leverage anywhere, especially like those really hard to fill roles. But I, so you know, to your point, yeah. companies that are doing it like that, 
are going to struggle and they're going to fall behind because this is new reality. Companies are adjusting. And it's so funny because there's always been rules around this, like working from home and suddenly COVID hits and we HR removes the red tape and like shit is getting done like it's never been before. And I just realized that all that red tape and all these HR rules were bullshit from the start and didn't really mean anything because they yeah. were actually just inhibiting performance. So I think this is what I'm really happy. Let's talk about working from home for recruiters uh, specifically. Thank you, Serge, because I, uh, and I'm glad you, that, that was really smooth how you kind of went into that next topic. I'm very smooth. Because you're very smooth. <laughs> because I have always believed that recruitment is not a nine to five job. No. I, I have always believed that um, I could recruit from anywhere. And because talent may be in different time zones or different countries for that matter, that kind of dictated my working hours. You know, like even when I was in, you know, big corporate, um, I was always there from five till seven at night because that's when I could reach people or we would come in at five in the morning because that's when we can reach people. Now, working from home just means I don't have to get up start the car, warm the car up, brush the snow off the car, risk my life going down the freeway in a snowstorm to get to work at, no, I, so productivity, yes. So, but I, but I will say my experience as a recruiter is actually um, shutting it off. Yeah. Right. I would tell you that I, when I was in actively in, in search and recruitment, and I am to this day because I love it, um, I find it hard to turn it off because it's, um, it's, it's sometimes easier to talk to somebody after five or in the evening or you know on their lunch break. But uh, I, I agree, and I think part of it as well, um, like a recruiter working from home is almost the ideal setup. The one, the one downfall is... And it, it, actually, I found the opposite. But one of the things is actually getting the info from the hiring managers uh, is wow. always a challenge. And I found that when you're in an office, a lot of people have to perceive, well, I can go see them. And mm-hmm. But in reality, I have found it easier working completely off Slack and, and Zoom and just booking a quick meeting, one-on-one, no distractions. We're talking about this role. Uh, so recruiters that are doing this, like be proactive. Yeah. Uh, and I want to like, one of the things Absolutely. when we talk about companies that are struggling about mm-hmm. working from home, they're not set up is a lot of time they have these IT rules that are crazy and using leveraging technology. That's just like, it's, just, it's not with the times. Like I'm, I'm sorry, but even like I, I look at my wife and she works in a Windows environment and I'm like, how did I ever work in a Windows environment? Because like <laughs> what happens when my email stop working? It's a pain in the ass compared to yeah. like we use a Gmail, um, like a company Gmail account that is yeah. so easy to reset the passwords and everything. But for all those recruiters that are out there and looking for jobs and getting ready for the next phase of what they want to do, Become a master at Slack, become a master of Microsoft Teams. Uh, These are tools that people will be using a lot. Uh, I know Slack changed my world ever since Mm -hmm. I started where I've never been as efficient since I worked for a company that leverages Slack. So I'm not trying to pitch Slack. I'm just telling you this is the future. These are the communication tools people were using. So 
get ahead of the curve and gain those skills, especially if you're looking for a job, because it's going to give you a, a competitive advantage as you're as you're going through the um, the next step. But let's now segue into yeah, yeah. recruiters and in this environment. Like we're five months in, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of my friends in recruitment still not employed. Um, are you seeing the same? Like, what's your feelings there? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, well, you've always said that we are, we kind of are the the pace setters for what's happening in the economy. The good news is I'm seeing a lot more hiring start to happen again. Yeah. Uh, that is the good news. Um, however, I do believe there are a lot of recruiters that are still looking. And, you know, I, I think, do you know, I think some of the best advice I ever got was um, being able to take what makes you great as a recruiter and apply those skills to yourself. So here's the reality. If you're a recruiter and you send me a resume, your resume better be absolutely, like I mean, memorable. Because we've, if we've looked at one resume, we've read 100,000 resumes. And you mean to tell me you've not figured out how to put together a kick-ass. The bar is so much higher for your resume. It's so funny. It, 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 uh, this is where um, Are you going to argue with me on this? No, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, hey, okay, you should see my resume. It's, it's fucking horrible. It uh, is not. So you lie. You lie. Your resume is more like a slideshow portfolio of accomplishments. Okay, so listen, everybody out there in podcast land, we just caught Serge in a bald-ass lie because I have seen this portfolio and it is exactly what you would expect to see from somebody who understands brand and talent acquisition and recruitment because what it showcases is accomplishments. This is not about... um, where you went to university. Because you know what? I went, I went to school 25, 30 years ago. What has that got to do with the world today? Nothing, <laughs> right? Well, okay, so, so like I you. kind of forgot about that. My paper oh. resume, it, so yes, it is a you lie. Threw that out, you threw that out years ago. You are, you are absolutely the pace setter, Serge, uh, in the recruitment world for what should be the documents that you send if a company needs to see a document on you, you send a slideshow of your. It's not even a slideshow. It's basically a link to a website that. So what I do and everyone and I can link this to like. Okay, our- so everybody listen up. Serge is about to explain, not mansplain, but explain how this is done, because throw your resume out. List Serge. Well, and, and I think floor, you need Matt, a resume because. Because people, they're still the same answer. address, phone number. Yeah, yeah. So what I do is actually because, and this is for me internally as well. Uh, so when I'm working in a company, I actually build a portfolio of what I'm doing at the same time. So, and I use it for two things. I use it as senior executives come to us and be like, "What have you guys done in T in talent acquisition?" I'm like, "Hey, here's the link." So as I go, like I I list. Okay, we the whole process of changing our ATS. This is our branding campaign. This is what we're doing for metrics. This is what, and uh, every accomplishment that my team or I individually is on this 
slide. Well, it's not a slide deck. It's basically a website that I create, and it's not very hard. This is a free resource. I use mm-hmm. Adobe. Um, I forget what, Adobe Spark that I yeah. use to build yeah. this website. It's free. You can get the upgraded version for fifteen bucks. So at every company, I build that. So when I go to interview for a company, I'm like, do you? I can prove exactly what I did because I have it in concrete numbers and proof of exactly everything I did. And I send them the links uh, to this so they can actually review and it removes some of the concern of, is he only a talker or is he a doer type of thing? So I, and and believe me, I've used it internally in every company because I had that like a month ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, They wanted a quick presentation, everything we did in uh, talent acquisition, my company, I was able to go because as I, every week I'm updating it. So it's always up to date. I just sent her the slides right away. It'd be like, holy cow, you already have that done. So I think to me is a way that right. you can stand out, mm-hmm. but it's also a check on what you've done. And I, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, shit, I did a lot or I'm really yeah. happy. And, or sometimes I look at it, I'm like, oh, that was garbage, but hey, it's, I did it. So uh, so not everything is going to be a home run of what you accomplished, but tracking your actually measurements because yeah. like, we are looking for factual and and this is a benefit as well. Um, we talk let's so the resume is still I agree you need to I agree and I disagree because my paper one, like I still remember sending it to a recruiter that and she was like, oh, she had to fix it because I, I just don't spend any time. But the one thing that you always have to do, stop talking about your task. No one cares about your task. Talk to me about what you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. That's what you should be putting on your resume. And I think those are the key things. And the other thing is this, if you're unemployed, this is a time. If you're not taking additional time to get, there's so many free certifications for talent acquisition. There's advertising, marketing, really cheap certifications that you can do on your time, get upgrade your skills because enlist that more importantly than your resume yeah. and where you went to school 20 years ago when you spent most of your time drinking and, and partying. <laughs> it's like always learning is one of uh, the mantras of the companies I work for is right. in I strongly believe in it is like yeah. we should always be learning because the next 20 years is not going to be based on your university, your arts degree. It's going to be what yeah. skills do you have and how can I leverage that skill? And the more skills you have, the more marketability you're going to have. So in recruitment, if your skill is posting a job and going through resumes, you're fucked. Like, yeah, the robots are took your that. job already. Like, it, yeah. so honestly, I will say that is absolutely the case. And it is going to be a tenfold acceleration. We are going to see, I think, the equivalent of, you know, when you went, do you remember the iPhone 4? And in 18 months, it was obsolete. And then 18 months later, that one was obsolete. This, put your seatbelts on because I think. COVID is going to accelerate the use of technology because it just makes sense. It just makes sense. So you're absolutely right. Um, But so how does somebody find the companies? Like, you know, one of the things that you're, that, that we talked about here just a minute ago was the companies that, that want you to keep your um, Skype connection open all day versus the company who says, show me what you accomplish I don't care when you get it done because here's the other reality. If you are really good at what you do, I can get something done in four hours that would take somebody else two weeks. Yeah. So what does it matter? 
right? Well, focus but on outcomes. Where, how do you find out? Like, so if I'm a recruiter in the market, I'm, I'm sitting in your chair as, as somebody in the job search mode. What are the things I need to find out? And how do I find those things out about those companies that are like those little hidden gems? You know, like, how do you find like um, where you are now or the company before where it was, you know, it's not about clocking in your, your nine to five. It's about. Um, well, I work for the companies that it was very much in that mode of basically if I was in my desk, I wasn't working. Uh, and, but I, so you got to figure out what you're looking for in, in your career or in your job. And there's going to be different phases of your career that mm-hmm. is going to bring. So um, like to answer, I think the, the biggest, the biggest skill that, and I see this in interviewing a lot of people and you interview more people than I do is asking questions. So when we say it's, it's basically an interview to the employer as well. And some people shy away because obviously the job market is tight and you really want a job and you don't want to feel like you're asking too many questions. But I'll tell you, it's the opposite effect. I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. if someone is asking really smart questions and to determine if this is a fit for them, I automatically fall in love with those people because <laughs> I, I, I just get yeah. a sense. But you feel the same way? Like I think the best answer to your question is you got to be asking, asking those questions and you got to be asking them in, in smart ways to be able to determine if this is a culture you want to work with. Aside from that, like, most branding, employer branding and everything, it's just bullshit. It's like stock images on a site and it's not a real... But that's a really good clue, Serge. If you see stock images and if you see on their career page that it sounds like they're still trying to sell you electricity, then you know it's not authentic. And so, you know, one of the things I I would say to people to find those hidden gems, first of all, you need to figure out if they are a company who's at the appropriate size to even have recruitment or talent acquisition. So companies, this is one place where size matters. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't see companies with um, three, maybe if they've got 350 people now and they just landed tens of millions of dollars and they're going to grow. Well, great. Everybody's knocking down that door. Um, but finding those hidden gems is really um, either companies that have that, those stock photos and you can tell that they are desperate for change. Great opportunity. Um, yeah. And the other thing would be, um, you know, what industry that they're in. Now, there's, there are a lot of hidden gems out there because when people say like the energy industry, there are that's a big category and it can be everything from um, coal mining <laughs> to um, solar power, right? It's all the energy sector. So I think you really have to apply the same skills that you would apply when you are trying to find um, a skill that is in high demand and low availability. It's, and, and so it's applying what makes you successful as a recruiter to yourself in job search. And, and that's how you uncover um, the hidden gems. Coming back to your point about asking great questions, um, I say to every single hiring manager I've ever worked with in the last 20 years, I can tell more about someone by the questions they ask me than 
any answer that they give me to an interview question. In yep. fact, you're absolutely, you're 100% correct to say that someone who puts together well thought out and as in-depth questions tells me exactly how serious they are about the job and about the work and about the organization they're about to, um, they're about to join. Moreover, if they come back to me as the lead of talent acquisition saying, okay, I need the straight goods. I need to know what is, what is the, going to be the number one thing that causes people to run out of here screaming. Because, and, and so the assumption is that may repel people. But the, the truth is, the, when you tell someone that, it's usually part of the attraction. So, you know, if you're a recruiter, part of the attraction is they can't, you know, if you love the challenge of proving the value of having a dedicated resource and talent acquisition that has got more skills than just uh, reading resumes and forwarding them to the hiring manager, that, if I may, Serge, is recruitment administration. That is not recruitment. If all you do is post the job, even do a first pass on the resume and forward it onto the manager, that is not recruiting. No, no. And you will be replaced. Those jobs, I would say, within 18 months won't even exist. I think a little bit longer, and you know, the cycle of, of recruitment and NHR is we're still, but I. I it they're they're going away and they're going away really quickly because technology is replacing them and uh like and this is why a lot of organizations that have worked with those recruiters don't value recruitment because it's like anyone can do that I can post a job and just look through a resume so I I'm exactly yeah. but let's so the one thing about how important it is to we have very strong recruitment communities here in Canada and. I know there's some great ones in the U.S. and, and U.K. Like uh, Adam and Hung, we're talking. Katrina, we're talking about in in the U.K. What uh, what they have there. So, what's your advice for a recruiter um, when it comes to networking and building those connections? So, when there is an oh, opportunity, man. they can get hired. So, um, I know we're both thinking of the same person, <laughs> and um, so I'll tell you what. Um, and I say this to, um, I was just having a conversation with a very good friend of mine, um, was just married. And so her husband um, is in Sri Lanka and he will soon be a new Canadian. And so they were asking me like, what advice? So this advice applies to everyone. You need to get involved. Um, you need to, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn, but you need to get involved. There is the Canadian Recruiters Network, right? Little shout out there for you. Will, Will. Um, if he's listening. Will, the little shout out for you. So get join in. What does it cost? Nothing. Um, what does it cost to show up and actually do something more than just passively take, 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 right? Start giving, right? Exactly. Doesn't cost you anything. Giving by the way of commenting, but not just, oh, cool, thumbs up, emoji face. No, the, the same theme that we, we, we were just talking about, great questions. Somebody send me a question for crying out loud. I'll answer you. But it, uh, what do we get? Oh, clap, 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 like. Like that is so, nobody will notice you. And if you're looking for work, 
How about asking some intelligent questions that we do day in, day out? If you really want to get to know an applicant, if you really want to build a relationship with a candidate who will soon be your employee, who will soon be somebody you have lunch with every day, you gotta, you, you need to get invested, right? So I, I can think of two people that both that are mutual to you and I, where that's exactly what they did. It was um, well thought out, um, not in depth, like as in, you know, how do you feel about the US election? None of that. But it was like, um, you know, what are your thoughts on a, on a good book to read for something, right? Yeah. Well, oh, let's, yeah. let's go to, I, I think one of the things, and I agree completely where your point is adding value to the conversation is, is yeah. critical and, and sharing your knowledge and is, is, and I'm seeing a lot of that. So I'm really happy about that. But I think the example, so I hired someone uh, that yeah. reached out to me in one particular point mm-hmm. and just said, Hey, look, I, I just, like I've seen you and I, I just want to have a conversation, get to meet you. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'll rarely say no uh, in, in that case because I want to help it and I want to build uh, the, a strong network of people that uh, I could potentially help. And uh, so she reached out, had a great conversation, really mm-hmm. uh, enjoyed uh, her knowledge and everything. Then it came to a situation that I needed to hire a technical recruiter that had a lot of IT experience. And she fit that bill. Boom. Amazing. I know. I called. Right. And, and I've had HR professionals reach out to me saying, hey, you have a large, a large network of recruiters that you know. And I am more than happy to connect people that, and, and the person, uh, and you both, yeah. I think you know yeah. her too, just got an opportunity with uh, a person that I used to work with because I, re- I referred her over. And so... It's all about yeah. giving as much uh, as possible, yeah. but building like real relationship because there's nothing I hate more than people, you know, it's like connect on LinkedIn and right away is like uh, either they're trying to sell you staffing services, uh, yeah. which I get it. Like I've been in sales. Got to make a living, man. Yeah, I get it too. But build a relationship, build commonality before yeah. you go in your sales pitch. And it's the same yeah. for job seekers. I get hit by that all the time, job seekers and I really can't help them in, in the space they're in, like, but I would try to help them. But they come in and the first thing is like, can you help me get a job? I'm like, I get it. You're, you, everyone needs a job. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, but that's not how you approach networking. You should not be networking when you need a job. You should have been networking two years, three years, four years. Right. Ahead. Right. It should be ongoing. So when somebody hears that, it, it's like a punch in the stomach, man. It really is when, you know, you should have been. Uh, you're right. You're well, it's right. never too late. Like so right there's now, the point. And- it's never too late. And so here's the difference, uh, because um, June also reached out to me, and we had. She said, like, just 30 minutes, I get to know you. Did we talk about her work history? No. Do you know what she talked about with me? She just wanted to get to know me, and I wanted yeah. to get to know her. Um, and and she stayed in touch. What did I mean by stay in touch? She would just comment on stuff that that I, whatever we posted on, on LinkedIn, um, you know, the other, the other person that I know we know in common, um, she would just send me an email to say, oh, you know, I really liked um, the, the comment that somebody had just made about, um, you know, whatever the topic was, right? Uh, yeah. But what it meant was, I felt like I knew her. She had also asked me for a get to know you coffee. And 
you know, I remember it like it was yesterday because there she was holed up in her basement, <laughs> you know, and she's got two kids and a dog. And <laughs> we're just early in, in COVID, I think it was back in maybe March or maybe April, May, that I first met her. Um, and, but I, I will never forget her, right? I won't forget her. And she wanted a relationship, you know, because yeah. I'm like you. I actually, when uh, candidates send me LinkedIn messages, I know, and they just say, help me get a job. Um, I, I won't even accept because it's really just, um, I can't help them. Right. That's not what I do. We can't help everyone. And we only have an allocated amount of time. And like you have three children. I have three children. I have a full-time job. We have this podcast. We have everything going on. Like I want to help people, but I only have a certain amount of time. So I'm going to focus on people that I think, uh, are are very interested or there's not an ulterior motive in that sense because like it's it's just no one has that time um but yeah i so i think let's leave it on the message is the message is loud and clear the the message is loud and clear if you're a recruiter you need you need to get involved and you need to show up yeah you need to show up in the online groups um you need to choose people that you want to get to know Um, and I get it. Like, I know you're looking for work and I get it. And can I get you a job? I don't get anybody a job. You got to get the job yourself, but will I have suggestions? Do I have all the time in the world? In fact, I always volunteer always. I'm at any point in time, I'm working with at least two or three job seekers, um, purely on a volunteer basis. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I'm very, very selective, very selective. So I think that's one my like point to leave on is get your skills in line. Yeah. Um get like there is so many different certifications different that are free different like uh, and Tim Sackett said this on this basically any information that you'd ever want in talent acquisition or recruitment is available at yeah. almost no price or free so yep. it's yep. you going and getting and getting that knowledge. So Let's leave it on that. Um, yes. So let's let's promo a couple of things that are coming up. Uh, so we've got so this we're recording on the Thursday and we're actually releasing it tonight, which usually there's a little bit more lag time. But next yeah. week, uh, me and Shelly are presenting at uh, CPHR Alberta, uh, okay. and it's on a topic of elevating recruitment in HR. And there's going to be some teams that we're talking about. Uh, uh, a lot of like, hey, if you one of the key points, and I'll just do this key point. If you're spoiler alert, <laughs> and you hate recruitment, that's okay. Admit it. That's cool. Yeah, just move on from it. Um, so yeah, so if you haven't registered, definitely check out uh, the CPHR website mm-hmm. uh, and I register. I think there's like two, three hundred. So it'll be me and Shelly kind of having a live podcast uh, type of conversation. And uh, I'm actually going on um, the job Hub Pulse, uh, her live, Prasanti's live show on Sunday, ah. uh, which I'm going to be talking, focusing on um, how job boards work. So how you can mm-hmm. apply, what the back end looks like. So just if you're a job seeker and you want to get some insights on that, definitely check it out. Anything else, Shelly? Anything else uh, you're coming up shortly? 
Um, do you know, I, like you said, I think I've got my uh, hands full. The good news is the job market is really starting to pick up. I've got a lot of clients that, um, that are, they're not exactly pre-March volumes, yeah. um, but some have exceeded because usually it's, you know, just understanding budget cycles and hiring cycles and that sort of thing. So the good news is um, there's lots of activity out there. Well, the activity, to give you an idea, like Mm -hmm. I'm in the IT space and we've placed 17 people in the last two weeks, which uh, like I know for companies, high volume, but when Mm -hmm. you're the type of roles, that is busy, 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 um, busiest uh, I've been in a long time. So Mm -hmm. the market is definitely shifting. So on that note, good news. Yes. Good news. Recruitment Flex. Thank you for listening. We appreciate our listeners. We're going to have some interesting episodes coming up. This is episode 21. You guys have, um, yeah. well, everyone has been great doing this. So I'm, I'm really excited. So Shelly, have a fantastic long weekend. And everyone Thank listening, you. have a fantastic long weekend as well. Okay. We'll talk soon. See you, Serge. See you. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.